All right, good evening. Good evening, everybody. Happy Wednesday, everyone. It's, um, it's, it's awesome to see this room filled up. This is a, a, a dream and a vision fulfilled um, tonight. So thank you, each one of you, for, um, for your commitment and for, for being here. Um, I think we have over 128 people um, here tonight, which is, which is just amazing. Um, I just, I wanted to give a, a, a little bit of a, a welcome, and then um, we're going to give some vision tonight. We're going to talk about the program tonight. Um, so a lot of important things as we begin our journey through the scriptures um, together this year, which I'm just so excited about. My name is Gabe. Um, I'm one of the pastors here. If I haven't had a chance to, to, to meet you, um, we'll have lots of opportunities to do that over, over lots of, of good food. We are just saying, you know, we've started off with a high bar with City Barbecue. So um, hopefully we'll be able to maintain the, the pace of, of good food. Um, just as a little intro, um, if you haven't met my family, um, I've been married to my wife, Janet, for 23 years. Janet, if you would stand up. I didn't tell her that we were doing this, so my much better half over there. And then my daughter, Madeline, on the exact opposite side of the room, Madeline over there. Um, so that's that's the totality of the Smith clan minus our uh, 10-pound toy poodle, um, who is not here tonight. Um, but, uh, you know, Academy's been a, a, a dream that we've had uh, for a long time. Chris is going to share more, um, you know, just about that vision and dream. But something I just wanted to highlight is that uh, we kind of made the decision early summer that, hey, let's, let's go ahead and do this. Let's, let's go for it. And, and so I think Tammy Metters, who's our uh, New City Academy director in the back, has only been in her job for like eight weeks. So um, can I give her a big round of applause? Um, I mean, it's amazing um, if you've pulled anything off in your life to go, it's hard to pull off anything in eight weeks, but to pull this off is really something. So we're grateful for Tammy and her leadership. And if you've been around Tammy for five minutes, you know um, she's a lady who can get things done and has lots of energy and just rallies people all around her. And then um, also amazing is that we have Sarah Haynes, which is, where is Sarah? There's Sarah. Sarah is uh, part of the New City Academy team and has only been in her job for two weeks. So, um, and so, anyway, I, I say that as a context that um, we're, we're kind of going to build this plane in the air as we're uh, traveling, hurtling together um, through, the, through the scriptures, but it's going to be an amazing um, adventure together. Um, as I was thinking about um, just, just tonight and um, what tonight is, is all about, um, for me, I just want to share um, sort of this uh, passion that I've had around table fellowship. I think table fellowship is such a central theme in the scriptures. You know, if in, in one way, the scriptures um, begin and end with a table. In the beginning, it's a garden. It's, but it's a table that God sets, and he provides everything that's needed, and he invites people um, to, to receive everything that they need in terms of sustenance, but in terms of his presence in the perfect, uh, in the perfect table in some ways. And then uh, the scriptures end with a picture of a table. 
and that's the wedding feast, right? And I think all in between, in the middle of those two stories, we see tables um, of God's people. And I just think there's something really significant that we're gathered tonight around tables, and we're doing a few different things. You know, we're, we're having fellowship, which I just interrupted. Um, and some of you might say, that was the best part of the night, um, just fellowship. But it is, right? Especially in a post-COVID world, um, that we just long to be together, don't we? Um, and so this awesome opportunity just to be together um, as an extended family, I think is amazing. And that's definitely part of the vision um, for, for Academy. The second thing we're doing is, um, is we're, we're studying the scriptures together um, and um, we're learning God's word. And, you know, that's the one true story of the world. And it's a, a countercultural story. It's, um, you know, it's over and against the stories of the world that we're just immersed in uh, all week. So it's an amazing thing to, to, to be able to, to do that together. And then um, a third thing that we're doing is we're, we're just building community here. And we're building, our, building the church. And I think we're creating um, spaces for leaders to grow. And Chris is going to share more about that. But um, this isn't an end into itself. This is a launching point um, into making disciples. Um, so I'm really excited about that as well. Um, so what we're going to do is um, we want to start off with some icebreakers to help you get to know um, some of the people at your at your table, and because um, this is going to be an important context for our uh, little life together in Academy. So I've got two questions for you. Um, and so the first thing I want you to do is if you if you haven't done so, introduce uh, yourself to the people at your table and just kind of give, you know, your name and, and kind of who you are, anything that you'd like to share, just a quick kind of bio about, about yourself. And here's two questions, and it's okay. The point of this is just to get to know each other, so if you don't feel like we have to get through both questions, you know. Um, but these are questions just to kind of spur conversation at your table. So the first one is, what's been your favorite vacation that you've taken? Um, what's your favorite? And I, I know I've spoken to a few people tonight that just got back from uh, dream vacations that were postponed in COVID or, or whatever. Maybe you're planning to take a, a trip. So share about your vacation. And then if you get to it, what's the best Bible study experience that you've had? Like what are what what sorts of experiences have you had? And, and maybe you've had one that's been really transformational in your life um, and would love to, to share that at your table. So let's just take, what, about 10 minutes or so and share at our tables. And then Chris will come up and um, share with us. Well, um, good evening, everybody. Um, so, so grateful to see all of you here tonight. And as Gabe mentioned, um, this really is a dream for us. Um, so just take a look around for a moment. And um, you're an answer to prayer, a lot of prayers um, that have been prayed for this room, for this setting, um, to start New City Academy um, tonight. My, na my name is Chris. Um, my wife, Jen, is here with me. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, our middle Marin is here. Marin, would you like to say a few words? No? In the corner. Um, and she's uh, in the middle uh, between um, Faith and Jackson. So Faith is 13. Marin is, can I tell how old you are? 15. You're 15. Um, and Jackson is 17. So, um, hey, I do want to say, just see some of our, all of us are students in here tonight and learners. Um, but I do want to say some of our teenage learners and students um, who are here tonight, like such a blessing, guys, that you're in here. And um, yeah, so awesome. I think, I think all of us could say like, you know, good on you, you know, because you've been sitting in class all day and then um, to come tonight and just, you know, invest in your relationship with Jesus. And 
Um, we're just trusting the Lord to meet you guys in a special way and, and for all of you. And we'll spend some time at the end praying together and um, just committing Academy and our journey together. Um, so I've been uh, pastoring. This is my 24th year of local church ministry. I'm starting to show the effects. Um, and one of the things uh, for, for church work, um, a lot of things, um, but we talk about, you know, gaps, like where, where do we lose people in gaps in different spaces? And if you've ever traveled in Europe and you've been like on the subway system there, you've probably seen a sign that says, mind the gap. Um, anybody seen that before? Maybe you, that was your vacation you were talking about. Um, and so when we think about ministry and the work of ministry, we really have to mind the gaps. And, and what does that mean? Um, well, there's a gap between, I think you would agree with me, there's a gap if you think about your own experience. Um, but, you know, before you met the Lord and before you were connected to a local church, there was, there was a gap there and, and Jesus met you in that place. And I, I'm going to guess that you can think about some people in your life that helped you to, to, to bridge that gap um, between where you were and a relationship with Jesus and a relationship with his people in the church. And then uh, once you get into the church and maybe you came to a Sunday morning worship service or, you know, an event at the church, uh, maybe a class like this, um, there's another gap. And that gap is between being in a, in a kind of a large room where you can maybe blend in or be a little bit unknown to taking a step into community um, or to a circle where, you know, you got a name tag and you got to answer a question and you, you've got to be known. Um, and the Lord invites us into that. But that's a, that's a gap. And again, just speaking from, from pastoral experience and you probably have your own experiences in this, that there's a lot of people that get connected to Jesus and maybe a larger group environment in the church that never really experience a circle, um, a space where they're known and they can, they can know, uh, you know, one another. And, and the Lord invites us into that. And then there's, uh, I promise I'm going somewhere. Uh, there's, there's another gap uh, because let's say you get connected, you know, um, to the Lord, you get connected to, to worship and maybe in the experience with, with other believers in a, in a larger room. Um, and then maybe you take the step, which is a big step to get into a circle and, 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 and community can be risky um, to know and to be known and to be vulnerable. Uh, but you do that. And there, there's, there's another gap between sitting in a circle and growing and being formed in, in your faith and helping lead other people to do that. Okay, so in my experience, this is where so many followers of Jesus kind of get in a cul-de-sac. Where, and, and listen, like been there, where, you know, I'm engaged in my relationship with Jesus. I'm actually engaged in, in, in the church and in community, but I've never actually engaged in the process of being equipped to disciple other people. Okay, now, and again, this is just from my experience. Um, you, you know, you're, you're journeying in, in a larger group setting. We talk about rows, circles, and arrows. So rows being worship, circles being community, arrows being servant leadership and disciple making. And uh, again, that there's, there's gaps in between all three. But my experience is that a lot of believers who love Jesus, love the Lord, and love the church um, get stuck in, you know, um, I've never really um, discipled somebody else. I've, I've, I've never really sat with someone and in, invested, you know, in, the, in their faith. Um, I'm, I've, I've sort of grown and, and I've been in Bible studies and I've been in settings, but I've, I've, I really, if, if I'm thinking about it, and maybe no hands raised, okay? 
if I'm thinking about it and I was asked, like, have you ever discipled anybody? Um, like, like for, for a lot of us, we would say, I'm like, honestly, no. And I just want to just, just for a second, okay? I mean, this is a, this is a safe space. I know we're going to get to know each other over the next several months. So there, there's zero judgment in this. It's just, it's just naming some realities and mining the gaps. Um, mining the, the gaps. Um, you know, I wonder why that is why so many of us get stuck where we, we love the Lord, we love the church, we're connected, we're in community, but, but, but we never get to a place where we're actually investing in discipling someone else. Let's just, just think about it for a second. And then, you know, the study that we just did in August, Jesus, Jesus tells us, like, the, the last command is to go and So there's a dangerous gap. And, and, and here's a, like, I'm, I'm, the reason why I'm saying this is because this is the reason for New City Academy. Um, you, we're going to study the Bible here, and, and, I, I, and, and my prayer is that, you're, 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 you know, we're all going to learn more about the scriptures. Already tonight, hopefully you've, you've made some new friends and, and maybe, you know, kind of rekindled some acquaintances and folks that you may see across the way at church. And it's just so wonderful to share a delicious meal and, 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 and be at the table as Gabe, you know, shared with us. Um, but but God, has, God has more. There's more. And, and so many folks that I know get stuck in their faith, uh, not because they get stuck with information. They get stuck because part of your growth and discipleship is discipling other people. And when you're not discipling someone else, and that, we're going to talk about this because it can take all shapes and sizes and forms, um, discipleship can. But when we're not actively discipling other people, we actually stop growing, because God designed us to invest and disciple other people. It doesn't mean you're not growing in your knowledge or growing in your character. I mean, all those things can happen. But I'm talking about holistically growing in your faith. There's a gap here. And if we're not able to step over and begin to disciple other people, there's a whole other space and field that God wants to invite you into as you do that. There's an old adage that you're not really a disciple until you've made a disciple. Now, that's not like you know, a word from the Lord, but practically speaking, in listening to the words of Jesus to go and make disciples, it's a challenging statement, isn't it? You know, to think about that there's a whole space for me to grow in my relationship with the Lord as I guide and shepherd and lead other people. And so what, what, what I wanted to do is just talk really quickly about the kind of the, the purpose of New City Academy and this little phrase that you'll see in front of you on your notebooks and on the walls here, and the team has done an incredible job. If you saw this room a couple of months ago, um, it's undergone a transformation, and um, they've done an incredible work. And on the signs there, you know, we put it up there on the, on the wall just to remind us when we enter into this space, you know, every Wednesday evening and engage in academy, that the end purpose is equipping disciple makers, um, that again, we're going to learn the, the scriptures. We're going to dive in tonight. Um, we've got an incredible year planned as we, di- you know, walk through the, the, the Hebrew Testament together. And uh, Kathy's going to come up and kind of give us an overview in just a moment of that. You know, we're going to engage with one another in community. We're going to share stories. Um, our prayer is that, you know, you're engaging one another and praying for each other, checking, you know, in on each other during the week. There's all kinds of wonderful things that are going to happen through Academy. 
But the purpose of academy is, is, is bigger than all that, and that is to equip you to be a disciple maker. That the idea that God had somebody else in mind when he called you. Like, he had you in mind, but he had someone else in mind as well. And, you know, one of my favorite passages is Mark 1.17, um, where Jesus is walking by the Sea of Galilee, and he sees a bunch of fishermen, and he cries out to Simon, or Peter, and Andrew, and he says, you remember, come follow me, and what, do you, do you remember the rest of it? Come follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. So I love that little, that just the beauty of that statement, because in that, he's inviting Peter into something, like, come follow me, like, I have something for you, and I, I'm, I'm speaking to you. I'm asking you to come and follow me. You know, we talk about helping people fight and follow Jesus. Come follow me. That's the, the, the offer that Jesus gives to, to humanity. But there's more, right? And, and, and that's what I'm trying to say is like, yes, there's a call to follow Jesus, but there's more. And the more is found in helping other people find and follow Jesus. Come and follow me. That's, that's amazing. Just that is amazing following Jesus and experiencing Jesus. But it doesn't end. There's more. I will make you a fisher of men, a disciple maker. I'll, I'll, I'll make you into somebody that can go and make disciples. This morning, our men's group I was sharing with our table as we were talking about our favorite study, um, we started this group uh, three weeks before COVID, uh, right at the end of February 2020. And I'll just share real quickly because I'm still trusting the Lord that he's going to end up being here, but one of our neighbors, um, um, I have, we've been inviting him for, since we moved in. And um, anyway, I, I, my mind is saying, tell them all these stories, but I'm, I'm going to try to say this one here. Um, and so, you know, have just connected with him, been inviting him, and hasn't said yes to come yet. So I thought, well, maybe he'll come if we do um, a group, a smaller group. So I said, hey, and I won't say his name. Hey, if I had this group where we kind of got together and we talked about faith and um, we maybe studied the scriptures a little bit and just got to know each other, would you come? And he said, yes. So I started this group for my neighbor. And now there's like 17 other people in it now, but my neighbor is the reason why we started this group. And we started again this morning. And we, we started studying um, 12 ordinary men and talking about the disciples. And one of the things we learned this morning is that disciples were really only following Jesus for, for about 18 months. You know, Jesus' uh, public ministry was just over three years. But in terms of all the disciples actually engaging him, it was about 18 months. And then he was like, here you go. And which is sort of like, whoa. Um, and, 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 and remember in the Great Commission, they're still doubting. Um, they still have all these questions. Um, you know, we looked at Acts 4 today, uh, verse 13, where Peter and John, you know, heal the man who's been uh, crippled for so many years. And then they get arrested, the same group that arrests Jesus, and they probably think we're going to have the same fate. And all these things happen. And then this incredible statement in verse 13, Acts 4, they could recognize that these were men who had been with Jesus. It was like, for 18 months, and, and, and following Jesus in that way had made them into people that wanted to go help other people find and follow Jesus. And in that same passage, it says 5,000 people had believed so far with the boldness of their ministry. And I don't know about you, but when I read that this morning, about 13 hours ago with this group of guys, I was like, that's what I want in my life. 
you know, that, that, that not only I'm following Jesus and, I, you know, all the benefits that come with following Jesus and the adventure of following Jesus, but that, Lord, somehow you're using my life to help other people find and follow Jesus. And so I just want to, from the, you know, very beginning tonight to say, like, hey, we want you, like, holistically to grow in this, meaning your head, your heart, your hands, and we've designed the course that way, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that. But more, more than anything else, we, we want you to experience the joy of discipling someone else and pouring into someone else's life. Because here's the, here, here's the, here's the little secret of the kingdom, guys, right? Is that as you pour into other, other people, as you disciple other people, you're being discipled and you're growing. You've heard me say before, you know, when um, you decide to go disciple fifth grade boys or whatever your circle is that, you, that God's calling you to help lead and disciple, and they raise their hand and they say, do you believe in aliens? You know, or do, whatever the crazy question is, and you've never really thought about it before, but you go, I got to come back next week and I've got to teach this group, you know, whatever the question is. You study in a way that you haven't studied before. And that's the beauty of being a disciple maker to, to, to having the idea, you know, the, going from I'm just being discipled to I'm actually a disciple maker. And, and I want to go and, and join Jesus in the work that he's doing. And that's my discipleship. That's how I grow. That's how I'm equipped. And so just two uh, scriptures real quick before Kathy comes up that we built Academy on that I want to share. The first is Ephesians 4.12. That, that, that you'll remember. You can write this down and go back and read it this week. This is where Paul's talking about unity in the church, and he's talking about the purpose of, of, of being together and, and leadership and how leadership is a gift to the church and what leaders are supposed to do in the church, all different types of leaders, is to, Ephesians 4.12, to equip the saints, to equip the church for God's work and to build up the church. And what is the work of the church? Matthew 28, 18 through 20, to go and make disciples. So in other words, the role of the church is to equip the saints for the work of the church and to build up the body of Christ to do what Jesus told us to do. So the two passages that we build Academy on are Ephesians 4.12 and the Great Commission, Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And you kind of put those together and you get that little phrase, equipping disciple makers. Because Jesus clearly commissioned and called us to do that. But the church's role is to equip you to do it. And, and I love the word that Paul used there. He, you know, there is teaching involved. There's fellowship involved. There's questions involved in the community. But the word he uses is equipping. And it's this idea of you know, putting on the armor of God, putting, you know, being equipped to go do the job that God has asked you to do. And that's the purpose of academy. So my hope and my prayer is that you know, in the, in the years to come when you, you might say that New City Academy or something we studied was my favorite Bible study. Maybe that is the answer to your question. You might meet your new best friend, you know, around the table, you know, during Academy. You might, you know, get through a tight spot in your life with your table and they can pray with you and journey with you. And all those are wonderful things. But the, the greatest legacy of Academy that, that we want to start with tonight is, that, listen, is a whole group of people that aren't in the room. Um, there are people that live in your neighborhood, that work in the cubicle across from you, um, you know, that are in your extended family, that are in your, remember our word oikos, you, you know, this, your household, you know, that God's, your circle of influence, relational world that God's put you in, that will know Jesus because you took time to be equipped and allow the Holy Spirit and the church to equip you to go and be a disciple maker. That, that, that's the goal. And so I just, I wanted to start tonight and share my heart for that. I mean, this has been a dream for me 
um, you know, our team can tell you for really three plus years, that we would have a dedicated space to pour into our church um, and equip you to go be disciple makers, because that's what God had in mind when he called you. He had somebody else in mind. And you may be going, man, like, me? Um, yeah, you. Like, you're God's plan. Um, and, and God knew that, and he destined that, and he's equipping you and calling you um, for something so much more. And I just want to bless you for the time and the investment, you know, to be here. I know all of you said no to other things to be here. And I'm just trusting that the Holy Spirit is going to meet you um, in the next months um, and encourage you and give you a vision. Um, you know, not just, yeah, you're going to learn a lot of things, head knowledge. You're going to, we're going to talk about our heart and character and skills in our hands. But more than anything, that the Lord would give you a vision for this incredible command and commission that he's given to us to go and make disciples. And along the way, God's going to grow you up and continue to, to, to disciple you and, and make you a fisher of, of men and women. So I'm going to invite my friend Kathy to come up. And we're just so blessed to have an incredible um, uh, team of teachers and leaders. And Kathy is going to walk you through an overview of how we're going to go about walking through the Hebrew Testament in this first installment of Academy. And so um, give Kathy a hand tonight. Thanks, Kathy. Okay, as Chris said, my name is Kathy, Kathy Dunderdale, and I have the privilege of being one of the teachers on um, the um, New City Academy team. And what that means very simply is I get to be a co-learner with all of you. So let's take a look at the curriculum. Now, let, you can be honest. Casket empty. Boy, isn't that an appealing title. <laughs> we thought the same thing, just so you know. But we realized what was happening was casket, which represents the Old Testament, was beginning to organize the Old Testament into six time periods, starting with C with creation, ending with T temple. 39 books spanning hundreds of years organized into six time periods. It helps us to retain the material and make connections throughout the scripture. So your first book is the Old Testament Bible study. It's the thinner of the two, and it is the driver of the course. So this week, what will we do for our pre-work or homework? Let's walk through this together. Let's go to page one, week one, page one, one redemptive story. A typical weekly lesson will look just like this. There's going to be maybe two to three pages of introductory material which sets the context for what we're going to study that week. Page six, at the top of page six, you'll see five chapters of Bible reading. And there's going to be about five chapters every week. It's not Genesis 1 through 5, then Genesis 6 through 10. It will be material that's germane to the topic. But what it also does is it starts to make connections throughout the, throughout the canon. So you're going to look at other places in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. And those connections start bringing the story into our focus. After reading those five chapters, there's going to be two different types of questions. The first set on page six and seven, the reflection questions on the text itself. The second on page eight, 
applying God's word. Now you'll see at the end of every chapter, dig deeper into the study guide. Your thicker book is the study guide. And this material that's in this book is additional reading that reinforces what we're studying. Here's the thing. This particular curriculum has just the right amount of repetition and reinforcement. And you're going to find that that's going to be very effective in learning the story. Most of the time, it'll be about 12 to 15 pages. In this uh, first session that we're doing, the first seven-week session, the longest reading that we'll have is 24 pages, and it's followed by the shortest reading, which is three pages. So it all averages out to about 12. <laughs> There's your pre-work. So what does this all lead to? It does lead to something. You see this, the timeline? Look at how nice and concise and portable this is. It could fit into a desk drawer, a purse, your briefcase. If you open this timeline up out, there it is. The theology of the Old Testament all laid out for you. In those six time periods, and the important points and events of the periods are laid out for you both in text and in symbol. What do the symbols mean? Flip your chart. The theology of the Old Testament laid out for you. What is theology? The study of God. Now, if you take a look at the one black panel that has a lot of text on it, this is beautiful. At the end, you will see those six time periods laid out and the 39 books of the Bible are placed within those periods because the 39 books are not chronological. So where does Micah come in? Well, what about the kings? Well, what's going on with this prophet? In your hand, in April, you're gonna know how to use this tool. And that's what it leads to. So what if you're busy? It happens. September through April, things are going to pop up. Here's our suggestion. Each week, read the five chapters of Scripture. Now, when Sarah comes up, she's going to share with us about a tool we're going to use called Teachable. It's the platform in which we're going to be able to com communicate with each other. Each week, the teacher, and you'll know before you come, we'll have the four or five questions that you're, we will be uh, discussing that week. So at the, at the minimum, I'm busy, what can I do? Read the five chapters, answer the four or five questions that are unteachable. You will be ready to come in, share with your group, and listen to the teaching, and you won't be behind. Make sense? Okay, great. Okay, let's talk about a typical Wednesday evening. Food will be in the East Lobby at quarter six. We'll have about an hour to eat, fellowship, Food, all the wonderful parts about being a Christian. We ask that you be in your, at your table by 6.30, right here, W2, W3, same table, same leaders. 740, uh, seven, excuse me, 6.45 to 7.15, that's where we're go going to discuss your homework. And you'll know the questions from the teachable platform that you'll be discussing. Why aren't we doing all nine or ten a week? Because we're meeting for a half hour. And we mean this sincerely. We don't want you to feel rushed. We want everybody, even those that never share in a group, you have wonderful insights, and we want you to share your insights with everybody. What did the Holy Spirit show you? So we want to be able to share and listen and help each other. Nine questions would be just check, 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 check. No, we want open discussion, and we want participation. From 7.15 to 8.15 is our teaching time. Here's the good news. It's not an hour of lecture. Whew. Okay, you're not going to be sitting there just 
gathering and writing a lot of notes and thinking, I'll get to these someday. We all have, I have piles of those notes. No, it's going to consist of teaching, discussion, reflection, and learning exercises. We want this story to go from here to here. And I have to say this, our teaching, our director of the academy, Tammy, is determined to make this more than a gathering of information experience. So what she has offered for us is this journal. This is a wonderful tool and resource for this course. Every week, bring it to class, and I'll show you how, how we um, organized it. Our first page, that's where you put your name. No problem there. <laughs> then the second symbol, Creation and Covenant, this is actually a three-session course between now and April. So our first session, which is the first eight weeks, tonight being the first one, is Creation and Covenant. You'll see in the first page, Class Insights, front and back. That will be your note-taking when you listen to the teaching. But the next page, personal takeaways. We're gonna give you at least 10 minutes a week to spend time with this. What are you gonna put there? What impacted you this week? Did anything happen that's causing you to transform? Is there something that you saw about the Lord in his character or in his desires that you're responding to? Did you hear something at your table that you never thought about before? Maybe even a way to go and speak to somebody in your neighborhood. Do you have a better understanding of what it means to be Christ's disciple? Did something like that come across? Or how about that light bulb moment? I've read this book for years and never knew that that's what that meant. That's what the journal's about. It's about you taking this information and making it your own so this can go from uh, didactic to, to actually going out and being action. Remember, this big story is our story because we're in Christ. And how we respond to it really matters. Okay, a couple more tools. You'll see at the table, there's the calendar. Here's the year at a glance. The three, the three main topics. The minor topics underneath all co correspond with our driver book, and that's the Old Testament Bible study book. It's simply the chapters listed. So you have your dates, you have your topics, and at the bottom, there's the Wednesday, Wednesday schedule. So it's there for you on one page. The next tool is the syllabus. It's folded so that you can put it into your um, notebook or put it into your journal. And what this is, you have the next seven weeks, and it's pretty much what comes from our driver, the Bible study tool, the name of the chapter, the pages you're looking at, the readings for the week, the five chapters, and uh, instructions to, to complete the questions, and then it sends you over to the study guide, and it gives you the pages of text to read. So it's here for you in just a couple of pages. Now, there is an addition to the syllabus, and it's the third bullet point under each week. There will be a Bible Project YouTube connected each week that supports, reinforces, or expands on the material of that particular week. That teachable platform, I believe, you will be able to link to that. It is optional, but we're recommending it. If This might be a particular topic that you like or you've missed something. They're very visual, and maybe that will help you to reinforce the material. In choosing this curriculum, it really was our hope that the redemptive story becomes second nature to all of us. And we are excited to be co-learners with you and know that we are praying for you every week. Thank you so much.
My name is Bob Schindler, and I'm sorry that I couldn't be with you all tonight, but last week I tested positive for COVID, and I feel fine now, but I'm still testing positive, so in deference to all you all, uh, I, Tammy and I decided to do this via video. Um, just a little background on me. I was born in Cincinnati, Ohio, so I'm a Buckeye from birth, but we moved to Louisville when I was a young a very young boy, and I quickly became a University of Louisville basketball fan from an early age. Um, I grew up in a non-Christian home. Uh, in fact, I met the first person that ever told me they were a Christian when I was a senior in college at Vanderbilt University. And after that person told me they were a Christian, they described this great story, this great redemptive story that God had been telling since the beginning of time, and as a result of that, I became a follower of Christ. Now, since then, I've worked in business for six years, mainly in Chicago, but also in Dallas and Knoxville. I played professional golf for four years, again, mainly out of Dallas, but also with a long stint in Orlando. Um, I pastored for 18 years, that in East Tennessee, um, I was eight years as an associate pastor. I was, uh, and then 10 years as a church planter and senior pastor. I have one uh, small attempt at humor. I hated the University of Tennessee when I was at Vanderbilt. I literally threw oranges at the University of Tennessee basketball team the first time they came to Vanderbilt's gym. And because I never repented of that sin, God sent me in his discipline for 20 years in East Tennessee, and I raised four obnoxious UT fans. In fact, my wife, Beth even converted to becoming a uh, University of Tennessee fan. So uh, that's just one of my uh, little sidebars. I, I'll root for Tennessee when they're playing about anybody but Vanderbilt. So I still, that hatred can run deep. Anyway, uh, after pastoring for those 18 years, we moved to Charlotte in 2003. And for the last 19 plus years, I've been working with a ministry called Seed Sports. Seed Sports is a 25-year-old ministry that uh, impacts the people of sport through local churches and uh, sports chaplaincy. We've attended New City from the time that we first moved to Charlotte, and I've been a supported missionary uh, at New City since 2008. Uh, married to my wife, Beth, for the last 46 years, we have four adult children and three daughter-in-laws and six grandchildren. Now that's enough about me. I wanna take the next couple of minutes and talk about a perspective on the Old Testament that I would love for you to adopt as we move over the next nine months through our journey in the Old Testament and the redemptive story as it's outlined there. As you heard from Kathy, the casket empty will go through the entire Old Testament through these next nine months, and that's a lot of material to cover. Now, here's the perspective that I want you to adopt. This study is not a detailed deep dive into every passage of the Old Testament. Um, it's not going to answer every question that the Old Testament brings up. Not that those questions are not important, and we would encourage you to keep track of those questions for further study downstream as we move out of this study. Um, but it is instead 
a look at the Old Testament and how each of the passages that we are going to be studying adds to, fits in, and integrates with the overall redemptive story that's found in the Old Testament and then in the New Testament. So that's, that's the perspective we want you to think about having. And with that perspective, ask these questions as you go to each week of your study. How does this passage add to the story of this redemption? How, what questions does this passage bring up about the overall story? Why did the author particularly include this piece of the scriptures in that overall story? And even more importantly, why would the Holy Spirit have wanted this to be included in the overall inspiration of scriptures? What was he and the author trying to add to bring to this redemptive story? Now, this perspective that we're we're asking you to bring to the Old Testament and into this study is a different perspective than many have or that are familiar with. Tim Keller says it this way, we usually read the Bible as a set of disconnected stories, each with a moral of how we should live our lives. It is not, rather it comprises a single story. You see what he's saying there is, Typically, we'll look at a passage in the Old Testament, we'll moralize that and see what we should learn out of that passage, rather than looking at that passage and what it's bringing to the overall redemptive story and how we can then apply that to our lives. Richard Foster says it this way, the Bible is not a guidebook to religious life. The Bible could not do what it needed to do if it were laid out like a textbook. Its order is shaped not by a progression of data, but by the idiosyncrasies of relationship. A depersonalized, antiseptic, perfectly ordered container is no vehicle for a love story. And that's what the redemptive story is. It's a love story. It's the story of how God would not let go of his loved creation people and how he set out to redeem them over the course of history. Now, I didn't have this perspective of seeing the Bible this way, of as a unified story communicated to us by a loving God about the redemption of his people for his, uh, for his own. I didn't have that perspective in, in studying the Bible for the first 25 years of my Christian journey. It was then that I started hearing about the story of redemption as it's told throughout the Old and New Testament. And when I took up this, this perspective, the perspective that I'm asking you to take into this journey through our Old Testament look at the redemption story, it changed the way I looked at the Bible. It changed the way I studied the Bible, and it changed the way I applied the Bible particularly in the Old Testament. I saw the Old Testament, Old Testament more and more as a part of this beautiful story that God has been telling since the beginning of time. And, and the unity and diversity of that story as it's found in each of the pieces that we'll be looking at, each of the unique pieces that we'll be looking at in the Old Testament. And so, the overall redemption story is the main thing, and this perspective will help you keep the main thing the main thing from getting distracted into these side issues that, again, 
are not insignificant, but may or may not really add at this time to the overall story. So that's what our hope is. Our hope is that you would adopt this attitude, that it would help you keep the main thing the main thing. It would help you to look for what does this particular passage add to the story? What does it bring or add or raise questions about? And in that, as we look at the, the stories, the different genres of literature, and the overall flow of this story, we would come to see it more and more as this beautiful, wonderful, and powerful story of God's redemption of his people as it's revealed in the word primarily, or not primarily, but together in both the Old Testament and the New Testament. So I look forward to journeying with you over these next several months, and thanks again for being here, being a part of New City Academy and our look at the redemption story in the Old Testament. So just a little bit about myself. Um, I've been connected with New City for a few years. Um, I originally got connected through the Divorce Care Program, um, and then I started facilitating uh, that team as well. Um, so um, I wasn't a member here for that time, but just fell in love with the church and sort of attended sporadically. I have two young girls, six and eight. And um, yes, so we locked in, got rooted here about a year ago officially. Um, it was actually the day that Chris uh, announced that he was going to be sort of locking roots here at the South Park campus. And that was sort of a solidifying day for me and my girls. So anyway, we're so happy to be here. And um, I know one, one day I came up to Chris and I said, it was a message on, on this, on being a disciple maker. And um, I said, it's on my heart. I want to be in ministry. I don't know what to do. <laughs> um, I can't go to seminary, you know, financially, you know, that's not possible right now. And he's like, well, I can help you out. We can, we can do this. And um, he told me about this and Little Dip Academy and what he, you guys were dreaming up. And um, I was like, I'm in, I'm in, I'm doing it. And so little did I know that God was orchestrating me a place here on this team. And I'm just so grateful and could tell you all the stories, but like Chris said, you know, focus, <laughs> not to tell all the stories. But anyway, so the first thing that I got tasked as um, I, I got onboarded was to find a platform that we could make this really, really easy for you and something that is seamless and that's going to keep you to be able to on the go, keep track of what you're doing every week. So, um, as Kathy mentioned, we have this little syllabus, and it's just a little piece of paper that is straight from the book the, that you have, the um, study book. Did I get that right, Kathy? Because, yeah. Um, so anyway, it is exactly what, what is going to be on this platform. We have three, three, three ways. We have the book, we have this little piece of paper, and then we're going to have an online platform for you, and we're going to be able to make that also accessible on an app, a mobile app. So it's the exact same information. We just want to have it so that you can do it easily and on the go. You know, we're, Tammy's dream is like in the carpool line, you know, and we're gonna, what we're going to have in there is um, on the top, your scripture readings. They are going to, we're going to have a PDF so they don't have to go back and forth and back and forth. So it'll all be right there. 
Also, each week you will, like Kathy mentioned, um, if you are just slammed and you cannot, you know, get to everything, we do not want that to deter you from coming. Um, your your f table facilitators are going to be selecting a few questions for four or five, I think, um, to focus on for that week, and those will be posted in this online, online platform on Teachable um, each week so that you can go in there and you'll say, okay, I know what I need to do today and this week, and so that you can come prepared and everything else. Um, so, yes, right now we... Um, as all technology is wonderful, <laughs> um, we are so grateful to have this platform, but as it's been two weeks since I've been here, <laughs> um, we're working out kinks still. So we, what we'd love to do is to get all the table facilitators set up first before our, we give really any instructions to everybody else because, you know, just little glitches and whatnot. So we're going to get that as seamless as possible, and then hopefully next week um, we will have Everything's up there, but just getting everyone access. So we will be communicating to you through email on instructions to hopefully make that a seamless process. And what we would love to do is just get your table leaders good to go with how that works, and then hopefully we can work through that. If you want to take advantage of that, um, I know a couple of people came up to me um, at the training last week for the leaders, and um, they said, you know, can we just have a printout? You know, so that's that's why this is here too. But we know that today's time, you know, we're all on the go and we want to have it there on, on something very accessible. So that's really all I have for you, just to show you that that's what we're going to be doing with, um, yeah, having this ready for you. So thank you guys. We do, we do need music. Hello. Hey, everybody. This is so exciting. The happiest day of my life. <laughs> Just kidding. But a very important day of my life. My daughter's here. She would probably say, what about me? What about my birth? Um, well, let me tell you a little bit about myself. Um, I'm Tammy Matters, and I have been working here for, I think, around 14 or 15-ish years. Um, yeah, I just love this church, and I just feel really grateful to be a part of it, and I feel really grateful to be in this role. I'm very excited about this. Um, I'm married to Jay. And you may not have known I was married because I'm always running around and I'm never with my spouse. <laughs> but I am, Jay and I have been married, I think we were married in 94. So how many years is that? 28? Are you serious? Whoa! That's awesome. Um, we, we will be married 28 years and, and my daughter is here, Georgia. That's my oldest. Um, and I have a daughter, Campbell, and I have a son, Evan, who's 17. And my daughter, Campbell, is a senior at UNC Charlotte, and Georgia just graduated App State. Okay. Um, so I want to start with just a little 
exercise that may not go very well, but we will see how it goes. Madeline and Marin, will y'all start the yarn going? So here are the rules. We have a thing, we have a, a, a roll of yarn. Every single person in this room must be touching this yarn. So this yarn is going to go around a table, and then maybe you just toss it to the next table, and it needs to go around. Every single person needs to be touching this yarn, okay? And I'm going to continue talking, and as this yarn passes, I'm hoping that this works out, and it has a point to it. Um, But what I want to talk a little bit about here at the end of our time together is the kind of learning environment that we want to create. So we really do want to make this a space where we are experiencing deep learning. It's active learning. We want more than just a head knowledge. We really want knowledge that permeates our character, becomes part of who we are, and then goes into our lives. Um, And so we really have to be intentional about creating that kind of an environment. Now, you've probably all been a part of environments that were not that. So there are environments that don't foster learning, and there are environments that do. So I want to start, as as the yarn is making its way, I see that it's at table two, I want to ask you guys, what might be present in a space that doesn't help foster learning? What prevents learning in a community? I'll give you just a minute, but feel free to to contribute, to speak up. What prevents learning in a community? What doesn't foster learning in a community? Critical spirit. Mm-hmm. Critical spirit, mm-hmm. pride, not participating. not participating, right. We want everyone, we want everyone to be an engaged participator here. This isn't a space where you're going you're gonna, to um, attend and then not be active. You're going to be active in discussion and in conversation and in, and in learning exercises. Jeff? Not preparing. Not preparing. That's a good one. Monopolizing the conversation. Mm-hmm. Not being vulnerable. Bringing an agenda. Bringing an agenda. Ooh, that was a good one. That was a good one. More. Distraction. Distraction. Janet. Say. Not. Not being present. Being distracted by your phone or other things, not really being present. That's good. Thank you. Her Negativity. Negativity. Anything else that you think would prevent learning from happening in a community like this? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's talk about the opposite. As our yarn makes its way. Remember, everyone must be touching the yarn. Everyone must be touching the arm. What is present in an environment that fosters learning? What's present? Authenticity. Authenticity. Sharing verbal space with everyone. We're going to talk about that a little bit more in a moment. 
Trust. Enthusiasm. Enthusiasm. Generosity. Thank you, Liam. Encouragement. Oh, yes, definitely want this to be a place that you feel encouraged. Passing yarn. <laughs> if you pass yarn in, a, in an environment, you are sure to learn something. Absolutely. Oh, Janet. Encouragement. Mm-hmm. Mm. The Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will be present. Yeah. Isn't this room amazing? <laughs> this room is so awesome. Don. <laughs> Anticipating that God has something for us. He does. He absolutely does. Anything else? Curious. Listening. Yes. We're going to talk about that tonight too. That's part curiosity, curiosity. listening, curiosity. That's the posture that we want to have, to listen, to be curious. Um, This yarn's taking a little bit longer than I thought it would, but that's okay. That's okay. We're going to keep going. Um, I'll, I'll go to my next slide, and then I'll come back to the yarn. There are three things that we really want to think about as we move forward. And as Gabe says, we really did kind of bring this together in a quick quick timeline. And so we are going to be figuring out what kind of learning community this is. But we have to start somewhere with developing a culture for our community. And so I think we'll start here with these three B's. Um, The first one is be prepared to discuss the material, and Kathy touched on that as well as Sarah. Reading the chapters, answering those discussion questions, and of course we know there will be some weeks that it's it's more difficult, but I think we just do our best. We just do our best um, to prepare as as much as we can. Um, The second one is be a respecter of people and equal airspace. Ashley mentioned the airspace. And um, I think the thing I'd like to talk about there is that the Holy Spirit is in each and every one of you. Each and every one of you has something important to share. And so we want our airspace. We want, if there are eight people around the table, we want to make sure that each person um, gets, gets to share that wisdom, share that thing that God has shown you. So some, we know that some of us, um, we are learning what we think as, as the words flow out of our mouth. You know what I mean? As we talk, oh, that means we're an external processor. When we start, when we hear a question asked and we just start talking, we're an external processor. If you're an external processor, raise your hand. Are you an external processor? Do you start talking before the full thought is even formed? Now, I know there are more external processors in this room. Okay. And we know that an internal processor is someone 
that might take a little more time to develop the thoughts in their head before they start speaking them. And so what we want to do is make space for each of you. We want the external processor to, to kind of hold back a little bit, to be intentional about respecting the group and holding back a little bit. And we want the internal processor to speak up more, okay? Because we, again, want to share equal airspace. Where's our, our yarn? Okay, we're getting there. We're getting there. Um, I want to ask you something. How comfortable are you with silence? Very good. You're comfortable with airspace, with uh, silence. And you know what? We have to be comfortable with silence because you know what silence means? It means people are thinking and they're processing. So again, if you're an external processor, we want you to, take to, to think about that. There are some people who it's okay to have some silence in your group. People are thinking and people are processing. And then those who are quieter, You'll, you'll know the questions ahead of time that we're going to be discussing. So make sure that there are a couple of questions that you know for sure you're going to share. Okay. The yarn experiment is working, I would say. It's just a little slower than I thought. So we're, but, but I'm going to go ahead and, and tell you why we did the yarn thing. So everyone's holding. And this is really a visual that we can't create a culture of learning unless we're all participating and we're all responsible for holding that culture. Um, and so that's what we're encouraging. Oh, we're almost here. That's what we're encouraging is that as we move forward that we're thinking about how is each person contributing to creating a really powerful learning environment for the whole group. So we, um, we're, we've almost made it around. And then we'll, we'll kind of hold, we'll hold our yarn up high. Okay, good job. Everyone's holding. Yay. Yay. Okay, so I just want you to think about this as we move forward in, in, in our weeks, that we're all holding this culture of, this, of making this a powerful learning environment. Okay? All right, now, you're probably wondering what you're going to do at this point. <laughs> But there's a plan in place. <laughs> oh, there's a plan in place. Um, actually, Madeline and Marin are going to come around and cut between the tables. And then you can just like roll it in. Anyway. Okay, awesome. Um, okay. So be a respecter of people and equal airspace. Um, and then the last one, we want to be people who show up in a posture of being a co-learner. Think about that for just a minute. I want you to think about, like, what does it look like for you to show up as a co-learner? Let me give you just a minute to think about that.
You know, we're all learners, even, the, even teachers. We're all learners. If I show up as a learner, I'm not embarrassed to say I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question. I'm not embarrassed to say, oh, I was, actually, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. Um, you know, we, we won't be embarrassed. Um, yeah, someone mentioned pride a moment ago. Because, you know, when we show up as a co-learner, we know that we don't know all the answers. Um, Someone said to me one time, I was in this group, and it really made an impression on me. They said, um, you know, you don't have to share everything you know on a, on a subject. <laughs> Mind blown. Mind blown. Really. Um, and that, I think, for me personally, because I'm, I tend to be a little bit more of a teacher, and some of you probably are this way too. I just feel this need to teach everything I know about a subject. But that's, we don't, we don't have to do that here. We're co-learners. We're making space for each other. Everything doesn't have to be said that, that you know. There are, going back to um, respecting airspace, I want you to think for a moment about a group that you've been in. And maybe there's someone who, who was in that group who maybe either distracted the conversation kept the conversation from moving forward. You mentioned a few of these things earlier, but I, wanna, I want us to think about, yeah, what, what did that person do or what can a person do that would disrupt that learning environment? Someone mentioned earlier monopolizing the conversation. What else? Oh, Ashley. Rabbit trailing. Someone who takes the conversation off topic. It breaks up the continuity of conversation. Mm -hmm. What else? Funneling. Funneling. Tell us what that is, Keith. Yeah, you funnel, it, you funnel it back to yourself. So when someone answers a question, a funneler will funnel that back to themselves and tell a story about themselves. Very good, thank you. That's a good one. So we said talks too much, doesn't talk enough, goes off topic, funneling. Anything else that you think this really hurts a learning environment when a person does this? trying to fix other people. When someone shares something and you start wanting to like give them advice or fix them, yeah, that, that's, that's a hard one to stop doing, right? Because we want to help each other. There's one other one I'm thinking of, and this is a leading, oh, go ahead, Grace. Um, maybe like gossip. Or gossip. Talk, or just like you're trying to relate, but you might overshare. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like those that. are good. Those are good. Okay, now I want you to think about which one of these you have a tendency to do. Everybody pick one thing. Could also be you start venting about politics. <laughs> Nobody said that one, but that can also kind of derail what we're trying, what's 
kind of the conversation that's happening. Okay, so I want you to think about that one thing and I want you to write it down in your journal. Because again, if we're holding this culture, part of what we're doing is managing ourselves, right? We're managing ourselves and we're probably one of the most powerful questions you can ask yourself to help yourself grow is how are other people experiencing me? Have you ever asked yourself that question? How are other people experiencing me right now? And just understanding this group dynamic and where you're fitting into that. And so some of the growth that you're going to experience through this course is definitely going to be the biblical truth that you are learning. But you're also going to be learning as you work as a group, as you learn to listen to each other, as you learn to be curious, as you learn to show up as a co-learner. And the skills that we're learning here as part of a group dynamic, these are skills that are also you're going to take as you help other people find and follow Jesus. Learning to be a good listener. Learning to hear someone's story. Not try to fix them. These are skills you're going to take. And so I, this, this study, um, I actually found through Barna. And let me read a little bit about this study because when I read this study, it made me think of this, this course and how we are going to be developing and our abilities to like connect with people, hear them, be curious about them. Um, but this is from the article. It says, a growing secularization and a waning interest in religious matters have contributed to tension in faith conversations today. This apathy is spreading among Christians themselves. As Barna recently reported, almost half of practicing Christian millennials say evangelism is morally wrong. I just want to pause right there for just a second. Um, our recent report, Reviving Evangelism, produced in partnership with Alpha, looks at the faith-sharing experiences and expectations of Christians and non-Christians alike. The study points to a stark gap between who non-Christians want to talk to about faith and the Christians that they actually know. So there's a gap between how they would like to engage in a faith conversation and the Christians that, that they actually know who they could engage in that with. Nearly all non-Christians and lapsed Christians have a friend or family member who practices and prioritizes Christianity, but these believers may not be their ideal conversation partners when it comes to faith. For instance, more than six in ten non-Christians and lapsed Christians say they would be open to talking about faith matters with someone who listens without judgment the top quality they value, but only one-third sees this trait in the Christians that they know personally. Similarly, their hopes of talking with Christians who do not force conclusions, 50% versus 26%, demonstrate, okay, that, that's the gap, 50%, they say they would love to talk to Christians who don't force um, conclusions, but they really only experience that 26% of the time. So that's the other gap. 
Demonstrating interest in other people's stories is another. They're good at asking questions is the, is the other. So you guys can find this online. But I just wanted to bring it up because, again, when I, when I read it, it made me think about the skills that we're going to be practicing here together of listening, being curious, honoring each other, respecting airspace. Um, so, again, I think we're going to learn a lot from the Old Testament and the redemptive plan that God, that we see from Genesis through Malachi. Um, but I also think that we're, we're going to learn as we, as we relate to one another and we honor one another. And I want to end with this, with, this little, with this little quote here. And let me see what time it is. Okay, we don't have time to do this as a small group. No worries. We're going to end with this quote, but I want you to think about it. Because I want you to think about how you want to make this happen. Remember, we're holding the culture together. So it's not just a facilitator's job to make great conversation happen around your table. It's every person in this room's job. So the best small group discussion will look like and feel like a deep conversation with everyone contributing, listening intently to what others have to say, and responding in a way that builds continuity of thought. I think that's a great definition of a small group. And we have some amazing table facilitators, by the way. Can I embarrass you and just ask you to stand up? I hope it wouldn't embarrass you because we're really proud of you and we're really grateful for you. If you're a table facilitator. Thank you guys so, so, so much. And again, we're so grateful that you guys are part of New City Academy. Our first New City Academy class, you are making history you are part of our, when, we, when, when this thing goes global, <laughs> you're going to know that you are part of the first class.